There's a whole village that Jews have told stories about for more than 100 years. A village where everybody just makes you laugh because they do the funniest things. And the funniest thing about it is, they don't even know how funny they are. The town is called Helm. There's really such a place in Poland. But this Helm is one that rests in the landscape of stories and dreams. The Feather Merchants, retold by Steve Sanfield, told again here by Leonard Nimoy. Helm woke one winter morning to find itself covered in white. It had snowed all through the night and was snowing still. Everything was buried and no one was going anywhere. Heaven and earth seemed joined together. Avram and Reuven sat alone in the main room of the empty inn, gazing at the fire, dreaming about the old, waiting for the new. Their most recent venture into the world of commerce had been a true disaster, although neither would admit it. Months before, at the beginning of autumn, Razela gave her husband Reuven a large, large for her at least, sum of money that she had painstakingly saved. She sent him off to the weekly market in Lublin to buy some new pots and pans, some utensils she needed for the kitchen. It was only natural that Avram should accompany his brother to the big city. And as they traveled, it was also only natural that they began to discuss ways they might take that money and turn it into even more. What does Razla need new pots and pans for? Avram asked. She's already the finest cook in all of Helm. Will new pans make her a better cook? Mm, I suppose not, said Reuven. But she did ask for them, so she must have a good reason. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does, Avram agreed. But she doesn't need them today, or even tomorrow, does she? Her food will taste just as sweet if she cooks a few more meals in the old pots. If we can invest this money in something and then sell that something for more than we paid for it, we'll have plenty for Razler's pots and pans and more besides. And with that more, we'll be on our way to becoming the rich men we were born to be. Well, it sounded like a fine idea to Reuven. So when the brothers arrived in Lublin, they immediately went to the marketplace, seeking something they could buy low and sell high. They considered stoves. Winter would soon be here, and everyone needed a stove. But on second thought, stoves would be far too heavy to carry back to Helm. Anvils? Anvils were heavy, but much, much lighter than stoves. On third thought, however, no one but blacksmiths used anvils, and Helm's only blacksmith, Zabalia, already owned three. No, anvils were also out. The brothers went from stall to stall, shop to shop, store to store. They looked at what the peasants had brought to the market in their carts and wagons, all with little success, until Reuven called out, I have it, I have it. We'll buy pillows. Pillows? Why pillows? asked Avram. Well, first of all, pillows are light, certainly lighter than anvils or stoves, Reuben explained. And besides, who has not heard the saying, sleep faster, it's our turn for the bed, we need the pillows. 
which must mean, Avram said excitedly, that there are simply not enough pillows to go around. Exactly the point. And so, the brothers took all of Razor's pots and pans money and invested it in pillows, dozens and dozens and dozens of pillows. Reuven was right about pillows being light, but they're also fluffy, bulky, and unwieldy, particularly if they have to be carried any distance. A man might be able to carry four or five himself, or, if he planned meticulously, ten or so strapped to his back. But dozens upon dozens were out of the realm of possibility, as was hiring a wagon to carry them back to Helm, since they'd spent their very last lotu filling out their collection with a tiny pillow for a baby. There they sat, on the edge of the Lublin market, with their towering pile of pillows. The sun was going down in the west. The color of the sky changed from robin's eggs to roses to ashes. A breeze began to blow. Soon it would be dark, and it seemed another of the brothers' schemes was destined for failure. But then the breeze billowed into a wind which blew, of all places, in the direction of Helm. At that moment, Reuven had another brilliant idea. There's really no need for us to carry these pillows. All we have to do is cut them open and let the wind carry the feathers back to Helm. Then we gather them up, make them into pillows again, and we'll be rich. Avram marveled at his brother's wisdom. Two radiantly remarkable ideas in a single day. This would indeed be a day long remembered in their family history. They did not hesitate. They slid open the pillows, even the tiny baby one, and cast every last feather into the air, absolutely sure that they'd be borne back to Helm by the wind. When the brothers arrived home, two days later, the first thing they did was to ask Razela, "'Where did you put all our feathers?' "'Feathers?' "'What feathers?' she asked in return. "'What are you babbling about now? "'And where are my pots and pans?' Reuven explained their pillow plan as best he could, and he tried to calm her with promises of untold riches and more pots and pans than she could use in a lifetime. But Razela was far too wise and far too experienced to pin her hopes on a whirlwind of feathers flying around God knows where. They could be halfway to America, or all the way across Russia for all anyone knew. Pillows, indeed. But Avram and Reuven were certain the feathers would appear. Look, Avram said, it took us two days to walk from Lublin. It probably takes a feather even longer, especially one that's never been here before. If a man can get lost, then surely a feather can lose its way, Reuven added. Day after day, they waited. There was no sign of their feathers, not even a speck of down. Could they have been stolen? No. A moon can be stolen, a pillow can be stolen, but zillions and zillions of feathers? Never. Perhaps the wind stopped to rest. Perhaps it grew tired carrying all those feathers. Perhaps. But when the Sabbath came and went, the brothers felt they had to do something. Each day they walked to the outskirts of Helm to await their feathers and their fortune. They even put signs up along the road. Feathers, 
This way to Avram and Reuven. Weeks passed. Months. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. The leaves of the oak turned from green to gold and began to fall to the ground. The apples were picked and packed away in straw-filled barrels. Only a few still hung on the trees along the orchard's edges, left there for any beggars or wanderers who might pass by. The grain and potatoes, the beets and cabbages had been harvested and stored in root cellars, and still not a single hint of a single feather. Now winter was upon them, and as the snow continued to fall, Avram and Reuven sat side by side, silently staring into the fire, each thinking his own thoughts, which, not surprisingly, were the same thoughts. Maybe the feathers are buried under the snow. Maybe they're hibernating like the bears. Maybe they'll come out in the spring. Maybe. Maybe not. The last I heard, Avram and Reuven were still waiting with perfect faith and hope for their feathers to arrive and make them rich. And who knows? Perhaps someday they will. That was The Feather Merchants, retold by Steve Sanfield, told here again by Leonard Nimoy.